0: Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magagna. Uh, Kramer Sanson in the background helping us keep this thing moving. Can't say Chiefs fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 21 to 17. Rocky, um, this is a really frustrating game. Um, and and I, and I want to be clear here out of the gate as, as we get into all of this and we'll try to discuss everything and and keep keep it composed after a very frustrating loss for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this is a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, nothing in my mind has changed after this game going against, in my mind, what I, I think is the best team in the NFL right now in the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a game the Chiefs absolutely should have won. And I wanted to start tonight with the defense and how dominant they were and how elite they are and how special they were. And Steve Spagnuolo was calling the game of his life. And we have to start with the offense again, because at the end of the day, Chiefs defense couldn't quite hold on because the offense just could not get it done in the second half. All 17 of their points came in the first half. Uh, for, For a second consecutive game, they have not scored in the second half at all. And it was really highlighted by a fourth quarter MVS drop. That would have been a touchdown that probably would have been the game winning score for the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's extremely frustrating at, at this point. And, you know, I'm watching MVS walk to the locker room right now. I'm sure he's heartbroken because that's a play that he has to make, but it's simply a play that he has not made all year for the Kansas city chiefs offense. And, you know, coming out of the bye, it's I, I still have plenty of question marks about this offense moving forward. We can feel good about the defense tomorrow once this one settles a little bit. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs pass catchers let Patrick Mahomes down tonight. in what should have been a Chiefs win over a Super Bowl contending team?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're paying MVS $11 million this year for him to have three targets, zero catches and a drop at game winning touchdown. I'm sorry. He needs to be benched. He doesn't need to see the field anymore. Like, barring injury, I don't care who you put out there. He's not an NFL qual- like caliber wide receiver at this point. Like, maybe he was a good deep threat at one point, but his body control is terrible. He so- doesn't get separation often enough. He got separation there because it was basically – it was just a bad matchup against, against a, a safety. And, like, you got to make that play. So- You're a professional – athlete like there is no excuse for it like that's the whole thing like you can be pissed off but there's no reason even to be pissed off about it because it's just like like you get you get paid to make that play like 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 a
0: hundred percent of the time you have to make that play so i i'm not gonna get on here and do the thing that a lot of fans do which is like we're gonna just crucify mvs for that drop and we're gonna harass him and trash talk him and, and like and do all these horrendous things That's a brutal play that cost them the game. Uh, Absolutely. But this is on the chiefs. This is on the chiefs coaching staff because we've been talking about it for weeks, Rocky. And it came down to a critical moment of the game where he's supposed to be the guy. You mentioned that he's making $11 million this season. He had a good postseason last year, but overall wasn't particularly good in the regular season. He's been awful this season. It's been brutally awful for the chiefs offense this year. And, that's just a play that you're paying him to make. He has to come up with that. And he knows that. But at the end of the day, he continues to let you down week after week. And it's so frustrating when you see what Rasheed Rice does when he gets the ball. We saw glimpses of Kadarius Tony when he's healthy, and when they're willing to utilize him and give him opportunities like he looks good tonight. And Travis Kelsey, we'll get to him. He had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play tonight. But MBS in a critical moment in the game, that's where Patrick Mahomes goes and he just lets you down again. You mentioned his body control. Like, yeah, he's fast. He can get downfield. He's got to have the worst body control of any wide receiver in the NFL. It, it's I talked about it last year a lot. I've talked about it a ton this year. Every time we see Patrick Mahomes throw the ball to him and we see all these incomplete, these balls fall incomplete when they're thrown at MBS. It's because he doesn't go after the football. Or he drops the football in in situations like this. He did it during his time with the Packers. I can think of a handful of times where he was streaking wide open down the field and just dropped a pass from Aaron Rodgers. Like this is who he is as a player, and I, I'm. It, it's obviously it, it's on him. He has to make that play. But the Chiefs deserve to lose this football game with the way they played offensively in the second half. And I think the Chiefs as a coaching staff, like you just spent 15 days preparing for this game. And MBS is still a guy who's playing like 75 to 80% of the offensive snaps. Like why is he out there so much at this point? Because he's a liability just as much as like Sky Moore doesn't even get targets. So like, he's just out there running around, but he's not a liability because he doesn't even get looks like MBS gets looks every week. And he continues to not make plays when he gets the opportunity.
1: Well, on top of that, it's you're right. Okay. Here's the deal. The Chiefs lost because MVS dropped that pass. The Chiefs also lost because just because Justin Watson dropped maybe what five passes today, including one on fourth down that went off his hands that would have kept the game alive. Um, they lost because Travis Kelsey fumbled in the red zone and had multiple drops. And we'll get they like say we'll get to Travis Kelsey, but the Chiefs lost this game because Patrick Mahomes was out there throwing dimes and they just. Couldn't catch anything today. Like they just kept. It was. It was like the f- week one all over again, where it was just drop after drop after drop. The only two positives in the receiving game were rushy Rice and Kadarius Tony, and both of them catch the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage every single time. Because especially rushy Rice, he's been on the, the like the only bright spot in the receiving core consistently this season, and the coaching staff doesn't trust him to run further than five yards down the field. Um. This is on Andy Reid, and it's on Brett Veach. Brett Veach is the one that gave MVS $11 million when he's never had over 600 yards receiving in a season in his entire career. This is this is on Brett Veach for going into the season and thinking that he had enough with Justin Watson and MVS as his starting wide receivers outside, and then Rashi Rice and Sky Moore in the slot. And we all drank the Kool-Aid in the preseason, and we thought, oh, man, we got we got all these guys, and we're gonna be great. And oh man, all you gotta do is Patrick Mahomes can elevate anybody. Patrick Mahomes can put the ball in the hands of anybody in any situation. But in the rain, you have a bunch of you have an entire receiving core with questionable hands. And in the rain, they 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 just they just they didn't make plays. It's 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 frustrating oh. to watch a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes be wasted with this wide receiving core and, and I'm not mad because this isn't new. We've been watching this all season long. And if it was going to get better, it would have got better out of the break. Like you said, when they had two weeks off, they, they came out with a decent game plan. They schemed up plays. Like it's not the, it's not the play calling. It's the talent yeah. of the receivers. It's the talent level on this team on the offense. That's the problem.
0: No. And You know, we talked all offseason about this group and we are all really excited. But I mean, we do that all across the NFL because the unknown in the NFL is exciting. Like projection in the NFL is exciting. Well, if this guy pans out, if he lives up to all of his athletic ability and it all works out like it'll all be great. and, And and, you know, he'll become a player for this offense. And so. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say we fell for it. Like, we were just doing what everybody does. And we were looking at the upside and saying, well, look at what Mahomes did with this wide receiver group last year. Like, they had one of the most efficient offenses in NFL history. And it this, this season, it just hasn't been stable. Like, it, it's still been efficient for the most part. They just make mistakes. And they, the mistakes pile up and pile up and pile up. And most of the time against inferior football teams, when the defense is is playing at this elite insane level, you can still win a lot of football games that way. But when you play good teams and you make mistakes like that and you let them pile up and pile up and pile up, that's a recipe to lose a football game. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Like The first half was almost flawless, aside from a bad Patrick Mahomes interception in the red zone, which was another uh, just bad Mahomes interception, which has become a weekly thing now. And other, but they, they were at least moving the football and, and looking good offensively. And then tonight they're moving the ball and it looks like it, it, it's playing back into their favor. And then Travis Kelsey has a red zone fumble that is critical and, and winds up being another deciding factor in this game that might wind up uh, losing some attention because of the MBS drop. And absolutely shouldn't Travis Kelsey also on that drive uh, on third and two, just brutal, brutal drop that he absolutely should have kept caught. And then, Mahomes goes back to him on back-to-back plays after that. And he makes the receptions and they keep the ball moving. And then that leads to the MBS thing. But like Travis Kelsey was just bad tonight, Rocky. And, you know, this is a future hall of famer. And I, and obviously this is a big time game, but I, I don't know what was going on with Travis Kelsey tonight. It just didn't seem like he brought his a game to this contest. And, It's really frustrating because he's supposed to be the one thing that we can lean on in this offense, in this group of pass catchers, because there's just nobody else right now. And you mentioned it, Justin Watson getting double digit targets is insane. I don't know what's going on there. I understand that they're not willing to deploy Rishi Rice fully yet. Like They don't believe in his ability as a route runner just yet. They don't want to give him this long extended route tree and put him out there. So they're kind of utilizing him in different ways with the the short screen passes and the intermediate stuff that gives him the ability to create after the catch because that's what he's really good at. But I was just hoping out of the bye, we were going to see a lot more stuff for him. And we saw some of it for Tony tonight. So you enjoy seeing that offensively. But I really thought Rasheed Rice was going to be a bigger part of this game plan tonight because MVS and Justin Watson and Sky Moore just can't be it moving forward. This can't be what you go into the playoffs with and cross your fingers and hope they figure it out because we're at a point in the season where, yeah, maybe they'll get a little bit better. Maybe they'll get a little bit more consistent, but I don't have faith in any of those dudes making plays in the postseason when it it really matters. Like Rasheed Rice has at least shown a a level of athleticism that none of these guys have, and that's something that you can bank on when you got to play against good teams, when you got to play against other teams that have the athletic horses to keep up with you and to give you problems. It's just really frustrating because this is a game they should have won. And this is a game where they went toe-to-toe with the best team in the NFL, and they should have gotten a win on Monday Night Football at home, but instead they fall 21-17 to because the offense just can't get anything done in the second half.
1: And, you know, like, here's the thing, too, is, is the defense is awesome because the Chiefs have invested so many resources in the defense and recently in the draft. You know, they drafted five defensive backs – you know, last year they've drafted back-to-back edge rushers in the first round. But that being said, it's not like they haven't invested resources in the wide receivers. We have two second-round picks in this wide receiver core. We have a former first-round pick in Kadarius Tony that we traded for. We have, like we said, $11 million for Sky Moore. It's such a fine... Needle you have to thread of balancing build, building a defense on one side that was horrible because before when Mahomes was was lighting it up and we had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and you know and Sammy Watkins and we're putting up points we couldn't we could we couldn't stop anybody and so we said okay we got to build up the defense because we can't just make Mahomes put up forty points every single game and so then we, we invest all these resources in the defense and it's just gone off kilter the other way it's such a balancing act that Veach just hasn't quite I mean he's figured it out because he won two Super Bowls let's not get it twisted the Chiefs still are seven and three in control of their division they're gonna make the playoffs there's a lot of fan bases out there with way way worse teams like we are definitely talking first world problems of the NFL here as Chiefs fans but also when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes like 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 so like 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 when they had Brady had in the Patriots, like 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 your Super Bowl window is every year that they're in their prime, and every year that you're not maximizing that, you're 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 throwing away the opportunity to go get another Lombardi. And there's 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 only let's be honest, five teams maybe in the league that have legitimate shots away in the Super Bowl each year, and the Chiefs are one of those five teams every single year, and and they're wasting that opportunity to share. And that's oh. and, and that's the, the 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 sad part is that is that it was such an and we'll get to the defense, but it was such an excellent excellent performance by Steve Spagnolo and the Chiefs defense in this game against an a, an electric offense, right? And so and you know, you see, you see people out there and they say well, Kelsey had a touchdown. It's, it's true. He did have a touchdown and that was a great play. And that was awesome. And he did catch, he did catch, you know, you know, over half of his targets, I guess, but that for Kelsey, that's not good. He, he's a hall of famer. Like, like that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, like you don't judge Kelsey on the same scale that you judge Justin Watson because Kelsey's the hall of famer. He's a leader in your offense. He's the guy that you're counting on to make the plays and not put the ball on the ground in crucial situations.
0: And and i think we we have the fumble um if you want to pull that up Kramer, cuz i want to talk about that for a second because it, this was when in the second half where it, it seemed like we were in it, it was it was still in the chiefs favor and, and it feels like they're they're driving now and they got an opportunity to make something happen and then the kelsey fumble and after that it it's just all downhill I, I, even after the kelsey fumble uh they get they get a chance uh immediately following that Mahomes finds Justin Watson on that absolutely beautiful dime just perfect pass it was his best throw of the entire night to find Justin Watson on that thing uh but then they can't stay on the field and they want they wind up with a 4th and short and they elect to punt and give the ball back to the Eagles up 17 to 14 and the Eagles get all of those yards back after the punt and two plays. And then, and then Jalen Hurts finds Devonte Smith deep down the field. He beat Mike, Mike Edwards and they get to the one yard line. And then, you know, easy tush push in inside the one for a touchdown to take the lead. And it's just frustrating. And, and I hope that this is something where, you know, coming out of bye, we spent just, so much time talking about Andy Reid and all the adjustments and everything that he does uh, during a bye week to make him so successful and to make the Chiefs record so stellar coming out of a bye. This one was really frustrating because they had the opportunity to win this game. They had the opportunity to tie the Eagles for the best record in football and to be sitting easily and comfortably atop the AFC. And I don't think Nothing changed about my opinion of this team in this game. They're still a Super Bowl contender. They're still the best team in the AFC. It's just that I don't know if the answers are coming offensively. And the the biggest issue right now is that they seem to be competent in the first half when Andy's got the opening script and when defenses are trying to adjust to what they're putting out there on the field in the first half, they can score points. But then the talent deficiency at wide receiver catches up to them in the second half. And once these defenses make adjustments, they just can't score points. They can't put it together consistently enough to find the end zone in the second half. And that's when you win games. And the defense has is exceptional as they have been all season long. I already mentioned it. Like when you go up against a team like the Eagles, you just can't hold up forever and they're going to get you. They're too talented. And, and that's even on a night when, A.J. Brown did absolutely nothing for the Eagles offensively. Jalen Hurts had 150 yards, and I'm pretty sure most of that came in the second half. A.J. Brown had one catch for eight yards tonight, Rocky. A.J. Brown is maybe the most physically gifted wide receiver in football right now, and they totally shut him out in this game. That's how good the Chiefs' defense is, but the Eagles just have too many playmakers, and DeAndre Swift wound up having a monster game in the absence of A.J. Brown, and he came up with a huge play on that drive to get them uh, but close to midfield that set up the shot to Devontae Smith who had a nice game tonight as well. Like they're just too talented of a team for it to be acceptable for your offense, not to score a single point in the second half of a game. Like it just cannot happen. And there's a long way to go. The chiefs have a favorable schedule um, and they have some def- they have some, matchups on their schedule defensively uh, that should set up nice for the offense and should set up nice for the pass catchers to try to get some confidence going and get some things working. But I just know that, you know, come next week, we got Thanksgiving this week. They got the Raiders on Sunday. It's a short week turnaround and, you know, the Raiders fired their head coach and they're playing better right now, but you should still dominate the Raiders. Like the Raiders defense should not give you any issues offensively on Sunday afternoon. So hopefully that's an opportunity for them to get the offense going again because it's getting really, really frustrating. But all we can do is hope that they find a way to make improvements and and hope that they try to put their best personnel out on the field because I'm still questioning whether or not they're doing that because I don't believe they are. I I don't believe Justin Watson getting double-digit targets is setting yourself up for success. I don't believe MVS playing 75 to 85% of the offensive snaps is setting you up for success. I understand that Rasheed Rice is raw and still a work in progress, but he obviously brings much more to the table than MVS does at this point. I need to see more of him. I want to see Kadarius Tony more involved in the offense. And you know, Andy Reid supposedly still believes in Sky Moore, so they're probably going to keep trotting him out there. But they got Richie James back. They could activate him at any time. Like. I just want to see them try some other things out because obviously this isn't working because at the end of the day, what should have been an incredible chiefs win is just more of the same, more of the same frustrating behavior. And it's why we're sitting here having this super serious, like upsetting conversation instead of celebrating another chiefs win over the Eagles.
1: Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> that's, that's the super frustrating part. Cause like you said, uh, like, they, they manned up Legereus Sneed on A.J. Brown. Like, they had him travel and cover A.J. Brown all night long on that assignment, and Spagnolo talked earlier this week about how sometimes Sneed goes a little too high on his strike at the line of scrimmage when he plays press man, and so did Dave Merritt, and they said, listen, those hands-to-the-face penalties are the cost of doing business, and they are the cost of doing business, because guess what? I'll take that one hands-to-the-face penalty if you're going to tell me that you're going to hold A.J. Brown to one catch in eight yards. like." Like, LeJarius Sneed
0: yeah, all day,
1: awesome, awesome, all day. Locked down corner. And this isn't the first time this year. He locked down Justin Jefferson also. Like, let's start talking about LeJarius Sneed as a legitimate press corner, like one of the best legitimate press cornerbacks in the league. Um, and that's that's, – I'm done being negative about this game because we know what the Chiefs offense is. We know that the coaching staff should should have done a better job. And I'm with you on the wide receivers because at this point we don't need, we don't need a I don't think we need an X or a Z receiver. Just give me, give me, give me Kadarius, Tony, Richie, James, and, uh and Rashi Rice as our three wide receivers on the field at all times. And get creative, get funky with it. Do yeah. something. To so just let's like, scheme something up. And let's just give it. Yeah. What, like, what's the, what's the worst is going to happen. Andy Reid like what they're going to fumble the ball like that's uh, the whole I... thing is, is is the Chiefs are the Chiefs are so used to I think the coaching staff too are so used to the offense being the reason why they win games that they can't understand that all they have to do is not lose the game on offense like just like just move the ball four yards a play and then keep your defense out of bad field position like like, like, the thing that's that's, that's low-key not being talked about is that Tommy Townsend had a really bad day. Like, like it, was, it wasn't that the Chiefs weren't moving the ball. It's that they were giving the Eagles good field position and putting their, their defense in a bad position also, and they were losing the field position battle all day long. So then the Chiefs' defense was playing with a shorter field than the Eagles' defense was, and they were still shutting them down until you get to the end where you're like, how many like like how many times can you put somebody behind the eight ball before finally something breaks through like it's like like it's 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 it, like the off it's like this is, this is gonna sound dumb but the offense isn't fair to the defense like on this team like it's just oh. not fair to be a defender on this team no. with this offense currently.
0: And you you talked about how you know you're you're wasting a Super Bowl window here, and this is something that Nate Christensen's pointed out. Uh, one of our contributors at ArrowheadPride.com. I highly encourage you to check out his work. He's uh, doing spectacular stuff for us at ArrowheadPride.com. But you know he's talked about this Chiefs wide receiver core and how it's not not too dissimilar to like last year's Packers and the Green Bay Packers. Right now have one of the youngest teams in the entire NFL. And the chiefs have a young wide receiver core an unproven wide receiver core. The only issue really is that your veterans are Justin Watson and MVS. <laughs> like it, Justin Watson's fine. I don't mean to trash Justin Watson. Like Justin Watson is a fine wide receiver who has actually given the chiefs a lot and been a really good value for them overall. It's just that Justin Watson should be like your fourth or fifth option. MVS should be like your fourth or fifth option. And they're getting deployed like they're like their second and third option players. And that's really the biggest issue here is that the Chiefs don't have enough faith in Tony to stay healthy, I'm assuming. And they don't have enough faith in Rasheed Rice right now as a young player, as a rookie player to step in and truly be like get like a number one wide receiver type of workload and get that much run and get the expanded route tree and everything that comes with all of that stuff. So they're deploying these guys each and every week, and then you know Sky Moore just hasn't taken that jump at all, and that's how you wind up with an offense that is really frustrating to watch. And what what's more upsetting when you think about this in the grand scheme of things, if they don't get this thing figured out. And I, I think to what you saw in the first half, like that should be them trying to figure it out moving forward. Run the ball creatively. Run the ball too, Andy Reid. Against uh, the best run defense in the NFL. That's what the Eagles have been this season. In the first half, Isaiah Pacheco ripping off long runs, running hard, uh, up the middle, offensive lines blocking great, doing creative run designs with Kadarius Tony and getting other guys involved and rushing all over the Eagles' run defense. It has been spectacular all season. And then in the second half, it wasn't quite as effective because the defense adjusted. And, and to, to Andy Reid's credit, I don't think the Eagles were prepared for the chiefs to, to run the ball that much in the first half. Like they just simply weren't ready for it because the chiefs never do that. So why would they? And that was like a bye week adjustment. I think for Mandy Reed, like attack them in the run game, get creative, give them creative looks and give them complicated looks to free up some run, running lanes and, and get, and get those guys out into space. And it was really effective in the first half and it opened things up and made the passing game easier in the second half. After the Eagles adjusted, they didn't have an answer for it because they can't throw the football. And that's, what's so upsetting because when you start talking about the defense and the elite level that they're playing at right now, and this defense is elite, like elite, elite. That's how good this defense is. This is a super bowl caliber defense, but the chiefs are going to have to make some tough decisions on that side of the ball this off season. So this might be the best version of this defense that we ever get. And I don't want them to waste this window right now, Rocky. That's what I'm scared of because for the first time in forever, They have a truly elite NFL defense, a defense that can win on every single level, a defense that can win you football games, that can get you to a Super Bowl. It's that damn good. And I don't know if it's ever going to be as good as it is this season past this year because they've got to make some difficult cap decisions this offseason. So they just got to get something figured out. Give me more of what you did in the first half and expand on that. Go from there. Don't just keep going back to, okay, well, this isn't working anymore, so we're just going to try to MBS out there. We're going to try Justin Watson out there. We're going to just do what we always do because that's obviously not working. You got back-to-back games with no points in the second half now.
1: I, I'm glad you mentioned the off-season decisions that to be made on defense because I was writing notes for my article at <laughs> Pride for Tomorrow Morning, and I wrote down that this might be the best defense that the Chiefs have had since Derek Thomas, number 58, was getting after the quarterback. And it might be the only year that they have it because of the contract situations on so many crucial players. Drew Tranquil's on a one-year deal. Willie Gay's a free agent. Uh, Chris Jones' contract is up. Mike Dana's contract is up. Right, like there's there's some there's some needs crucial co- sneeze a free agent. There are some crucial contributors who are, Edwards, whose contracts are coming up. Mike Edwards, yeah, like like you're not going to be able to resign. Everybody, when you're paying Patrick Mahomes the money that you're paying him, you're not going to be able to pay these guys the money that they're going to earn by playing on the best defense in football this year. And so this might be your one-year deal, like you said. And so to that point, Rashi Rice, at this point, what's the worst that's going to happen? Is he going to run the wrong route? They're already doing that. Is he not going to come back to the football? They're already doing that. Is he going to drop the ball? They're already doing that. Is he going to fumble it? They're already do like like anything that he could do to screw up. They're already doing in spades, man. So you might as well at least bank on the side of of like the explosive athleticism and the fact that he's a freight train to bring down when he gets the ball in his hands and just see what he can do down the field. That's that's the whole thing. Is we haven't even seen it this year, Stephen. Like 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 how do you know if you don't try it? Like like it's like the ultimate peer pressure thing that like people did in high school. Like. Well, how do you know it's not good if you haven't ever tried it? You want a drink, Steven? Yeah. How do you know if you never tried it? (laughs) You don't know if you don't like it. Like, Andy Reid, how do you know you don't like Rashi Rice on the outside? You never actually tried it in a game. Like, just try it, Andy.
0: I mean, let's try something with him besides, you know, just a a dump off or a bubble screen. Or it, it seems like a lot of the times, too, it's like, Uh, have him run downfield like eight yards and stop and just find a gap and sit in that gap instead of like actually like running a route and trying to get open and see what he can do and and man on man. And like, can we just get a quick slant to Rasheed Rice and see what he can do when he's moving full speed and a defender tries to tackle him? Like, that's all I want to see. I just want to know what that looks like because it sounds like it would be a lot of fun. Um, But okay, we just spent almost 30. even it's complaining about the offense uh we we have to give the defense its credit because man that was a defensive winning performance uh that they put together that was a uh, against a super bowl caliber opponent man were they dominant uh, especially in the first half and you know as, as the game wears on you make adjustments you get worn down and so you know, they, they gave up points in the second half that that's inevitable against a team like the Eagles. Like I've already mentioned here tonight, but man, in the first half, they sacked Jalen hurts five times. Chris Jones is absolutely dominant. Legereus need just totally locking up AJ Brown, Trent McDuffie flying all over the place. Spags is totally dialed in and just blitzing the hell out of them. And the secondary so good at locking up these wide receivers that, they're bringing all this pressure and bringing all this heat on Jalen hurts. And the Eagles didn't have an adjustment for it. And to their credit, they did adjust to it in the second half. Their adjustment to it in the second half was Jalen hurts, get the snap and take off. He did that multiple times in the second half, uh, set up his touchdown run in the first half. Like that was their answer to it. Rocky was, it was get the ball out as fast as possible. Cause Spags is bringing the heat and we're not sl- slowing it down enough to give Jalen hurts a chance. And so the defensive line was totally dominant in the first half of this game. Their corners were totally dominant. Chris Jones was just an absolute game wrecker in the first half. And then in the second half, it was a lot more Hertz design runs, a lot of quick stuff to DeAndre Swift to just get the ball out of his hands. And they made that adjustment and it was effective for the most part. The Chiefs missed some tackles in the second half that led to some big plays too. But overall... I'm not even going to focus on anything that they did in the second half, because none of this is on the defense. The defense did absolutely did enough for them to win this football game tonight. They went toe to toe against the best offensive line in the NFL against one of the most talented offenses across the entire league outside of maybe the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles are probably the best unit in the league and they totally put the clamps on them tonight. Like this was another elite caliber performance, from the Kansas city chiefs defense. So anybody who was trying to question anything that this defense has done this season, or anybody who was trying to question who they played and whatnot, like there is no questioning it anymore. Their defense is elite. This is a special, special group. And they did everything within their power to try to win the football game tonight, but the offense just let them down. Well, especially, yeah, the offense let them down. Like, like you talk about the second half and how they can't be
1: blamed for it. I mean, we're talking about four plays, Twenty-two yards punt, three plays, three yards punt, twelve plays, sixty-five yards, but then a fumble, six plays, twenty-four yards punt, and then you got what five plays, twenty-five yards punt, or three plays, negative two yards punt, and then nine plays, twenty-five yards, like like and you, and you turn it over on downs, like like this, like they 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 were put in terrible situations the entire second half, and so there's like that's not on them. What what is on them is the fact that 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 Trent McDuffie might be the most dangerous defensive back in the NFL. When you consider the entire he package snubbed. of everything he, he offers, like he can cover, he is angry in run defense and in tackling. Like there was that one play when uh, he chased down a guy and he like flipped him over and smashed and like, and like basically one hand was, body slammed it. It was
0: swift. It would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Swift. It yeah, yeah, he a touchdown. Touchdown. yeah.
1: He saved the touchdown. Yeah. He saved the swift touchdown. Um, he was so 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 good at blitzing off the edge today that they were sliding protection to him. That George Carloftis sack was because they were sliding protection to stop Tripp McDuffie, and then it, he still forced Jalen Hurts up the middle and collapsed the pocket enough that, that he tried to go up the middle to where George Carloftis was just free, right? Um on his first sack. He blitzes, gets knocked down on the ground, rolls over, crawls back up to his feet, and then sacks the quarterback. Like, like the tenacity that he plays with is, is awesome. Like, like, Trent McDovey it is one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. If not the – I, I that's why I say he's probably the most dangerous defensive back because of everything that he offers. But Jerry Sneed, we already talked about, consistently is locking down number one wide receivers – and just erasing them out of the game. We're talking about this front four is getting pressure against the best offensive line in the NFL. And then and then on top of that, Steve Spagnuolo is calling an awesome game plan, just, just the most exotic blitz packages on first and second down to keep them, for the most part, out of the tush push, except for in the second half they got there a couple of times, like we already talked about when they started just being on the field for a long time. But Spagnuolo called an awesome game. The secondary, Dave Merritt does not get the credit that he deserves. He had five rookie defensive backs last year, won the Super Bowl. This year, he has a second year with them, and he is developing them into a mindset of basically you lock everybody down on the field. The reason why Spags can just go, you know, Hell bent, you know, pin your ears back, psychopathic blitz packages on first and second down. It's because on the outside, he knows that the defensive backs can, are going to hold up. Like, like, like you see all the time. Like, so in then last week's game, Broncos versus Bills. Right? They, the, the Bills tried calling cover zero back to back plays. Right? What happened on the second play? Russ just tossed it up over the top because their secondary was completely burnt. Right? Like, like the reason why Spags can blitz the way he does is because the secondary is so solid and they play so sound and they can play and they can play press man because they have that size on the outside with Joshua Williams. You have, and you have, you know, with Jerry scene that we've already talked about and, and even they're bring down their safeties, they're playing Justin Reed and they had Chamari Connor playing on the line of scrimmage press man coverage today. Right. And so I mean, this, you can't say enough about this entire defensive coaching staff and and the team that they put together. Um, You know, you have Drew Tranquil stepping in for Nick Bolton, played awesome. Willie Gay played awesome. Uh, Leo Chennault played all Like everybody, like, it's it's nothing but kudos on the defense across the board. And Chris Jones dominated.
0: Yeah, it's. When you give a defensive play caller like Steve Spagnolo this kind of versatility on the defensive side of the ball, like it, it's almost unfair at times because of the way he can draw pressure. And that's always been his thing. And it's like, it's like, you know, it, the scheme doesn't always work great because he doesn't always have the personnel that can do everything he needs them to do for it to work. But when he does have the personnel to pull that off, this is the version that you get of it. And it's, it's absolutely insane. And, and it's crazy just how everything works together. Like you were talking about Rocky, like Chris Jones is obviously incredible and, and a dominant player. And he was a total game wrecker tonight. Uh, but, you know, he draws so much coverage sometimes. And, and so many offensive linemen that that's helped free up Mike Dana and Charles Amenahu and George Karloftis who had impact plays tonight. And, that helps all of those guys eat because Chris Jones is drawing so much attention, but also what helps them get pressure and what helps them create those blitzes is because that secondary is so hard to win against. And then they're so good at the middle level too, with their linebackers, even without Nick Bolton. I think they could be better when Nick Bolton's available and back in the lineup. Cause Drew Tranquil has been awesome. Leo Chanel has been great this, this season when they've had to lean on him. Um, You know, he's not, a perfect all-around linebacker, but he's really good at what they deploy him for. And I think the same can be said about rookie Jamari Connor, who's had some moments and got some opportunities in this defense. Like the defense is really, really good. And the defense, when it's all said and done, I this defense can go win you a Super Bowl. It's can the offense just be reliable? Like, can they just at the end of the game when you need something to happen and you know Patrick Mahomes? deserves criticism too this season because he's made some bad decisions. That first half pick was not a great throw by Patrick Mahomes. He's had a lot of those this year, but also I think his down play is a function of how much everybody else is struggling to get open, to be where they're supposed to be, to, you know, when we, we talk about this unspoken thing where like Mahomes just seems to know where Kelsey's going to go. Like they kind of communicate that stuff. And we've seen him in recent weeks where, He puts a football in a certain spot because he thinks that's where the wide receiver is going to go. And then the wide receiver doesn't go to that spot. Like it's all of that communication that they're still trying to process. They're still trying to get through and they're still trying to figure it out. And then at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey is compared to what he normally does. a little down this year and he's been banged up too. He was limping around tonight too. And he hasn't been on the injury report, but Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. Like, it's inevitable that he's going to slow down. And I think that he's been banged up this year and he's probably slowed down just a little bit. He's still elite. He's still an incredible tight end, but when he's not your one-on-one matchup nightmare, totally unguardable, unstoppable tight end, when that tight end loses half a step, it makes everything else harder. And I think it's just making everything else harder right now that they don't have anybody else they can rely on, especially not when Travis Kelsey plays like he played tonight.
1: Well, yeah especially when you have we consider the fact that he's drawing double and triple coverage you know most of the time because they know that nobody else is going to get separation like they like like they 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 do not uh, opposing defenses do not respect the Chiefs receivers outside of Travis Kelsey their their entire game plan is to stop Travis Kelsey and then figure out the rest like 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 that's that's the ent- entire game plan. And it works because you take you take Travis Kelsey out of this offense and they lose their rhythm. Mahomes tries to force it. He shouldn't have thrown that pick in the first half, but I think to an extent, he's also like my op- My opportunities for a play like this are few and far between. If I see a glimmer of an opening, I'm going for it. And so his margin for error has never been smaller. Like like we like everybody talks about jet chip wasp in the first Super Bowl, right? You know, that passed to Tyreek Hill. That was awesome. He underthrew that pass, right? Like, but Tyreek Hill was just so open. It didn't matter, right? You know, like not every pass is going to be up perfectly on the money. And he had some passes that were perfectly on the money tonight too. But besides that, that that interceptions that he has no margin for error right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And it's frustrating even when, he when he is putting the ball in the perfect spot, um, <laughs> the wide receivers are making mistakes or they can't hang on to it, or it's drop passes, or or whatever. And so it's just all compounding into this very frustrating product right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know, they're seven and three right now. They're still the number one seed in the AFC, even with this loss to an NFC team in the Philadelphia Eagles. And before we get out of here, before we um, look, take a look at some comments, uh, I just want to look at the rest of their schedule. And they've got the Raiders coming up this Sunday. Uh, the Then they take on the Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, Raiders again, Bengals, Chargers. So you've got the Raiders, obviously very beatable team. Raiders tend to play the Chiefs pretty tough. All those games seem to be closer than they ever should be, but should win that football game. Then you got the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are bad. You should absolutely dominate the Green Bay Packers, even though that's a road game. Then you have the Buffalo Bills, who, while still a talented team, the Bills are basically on life support for the postseason right now. And so they're going to be a desperate team. They're probably going to give you some issues, but you could still easily beat the Buffalo Bills. That defense also is falling apart right now due to injury. The New England Patriots, one of the worst teams in the NFL, Bengal or Raiders again, Bengals without Joe Burrow, who knows what they're going to look like by then. And then the Los Angeles chargers who are pretty much guaranteed to be looking for a new head coach by the final week of the regular season. So like, it, it's not all doom and gloom. Like I think there's a scenario here where the chiefs could easily just run the table and, and coast to a first round bye in the playoffs. This is a rough loss. This is something that's going to linger because they absolutely should have won this game. But hopefully this is uh, kind of a vaulting point for them offensively moving forward the rest of the season. And maybe it's the kickstart that they really need to get some things figured out and hopefully start putting together some offensive performances that at least look functional and reliable, at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, 100%. And they should run the table because the Bengals don't have Joe Burrow and the Bills just fired their offensive coordinator for because they didn't want to fire their head coach let's let's be honest um and so the the rest of the schedule isn't difficult if the chiefs lose next week to the raiders then break glass in case of emergency and start start worrying at that point uh cuz they have no business losing to that horrible raiders team this year either like the, like the chiefs should run the table the rest of the way whether or not they can make it through the playoffs against a team like the ravens that remains to be seen, and that we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But the Chiefs had a chance and should have won a game against a nine and one Eagles team. Like not many teams have have that have have the opportunity for Marquez Valdez scantley to drop the game winning touchdown against the Eagles. The Eagles are a really good team, right? So it's not like we went out and we lost to the Panthers today, right? You know, like so that's not. Get that twisted. We lost to a very good team. The problem is is that this is the team that we know we're gonna have to beat most likely to get to where we expect to be this season. And so that's why it hurts so much.
0: Yeah. It's a bummer, but you know, we'll we'll move on. It's a lot of football left to be played. A lot of things uh, left to be decided in this NFL year. And the chiefs are still one of the very best teams across the entire NFL. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast. I want to remind you, stick around. We'll have all the post game press conferences available for you there. Um, Kramer, do we have any comments before we get out of here and wrap this thing up? Nothing to do with the refs. Bad calls are made for and against every team offense was just horrible. It's becoming the norm. Mahomes' lack of trust in his receivers is making him look mediocre. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm never going to blame referees for anything, even though they probably deserve it sometime. It's just not a conversation I'm interested in having. It is is—it's just, is just—it the way it is in the NFL as far as that stuff goes. But, um, yeah, it, it's an issue. I think Mahomes doesn't trust a lot of these guys. I think a lot of these guys aren't in the right spots sometimes. A lot of them are struggling to get open, and it's all just working against the Chiefs collectively right now.
1: 100% it's working with the Chiefs collectively right now, no. Like, like blaming the rest, I think, in my opinion, is a loser mentality. Like, like you should go out and win the game and it shouldn't come down to one play. Like you shouldn't let, it shouldn't be close enough that the rest have the ability to change the outcome with one play. And on top of that, let's be honest. There were a lot of penalties that the Chiefs deserve. The offensive tackles, like it's not getting too much run, but the offensive tackles have been horrible the last few weeks. Like Donovan Smith is not playing well. Jawan Taylor continues to draw penalties. Um, And so the tackles are an issue right now for the Kansas city chiefs.
0: Yeah. And that that's been getting worse lately too. And that's not getting talked about enough. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, So proud of our defense. They showed the world who they are receivers. It's more than the drops or receiver room lacks route running IQ and maybe football IQ in the sense of the profession. Um, I mean, I, I just think that the guys that they really want to lean on are really young and like Sky Moore just isn't where they were hoping he would be at this season. I think Rasheed Rice is just a rookie and they're really bringing him along slow. I don't know if they ever believe they were going to get anything out of Justin Ross. Uh, that's not going to happen this season now or or ever. Maybe. Um And then I think that they just thought that, you know, a second year in this offense, maybe MVS and Watson could give them a little bit more than they got from them last season. And I think we kind of saw what the max out for those dudes is last year. And this year it's kind of blown up in their faces, even though, you know, Justin Watson, to his credit, makes plays and has a couple of nice plays a game. But that's exactly what his role should be. He should only get like three, four targets a game, have an opportunity to make a couple big plays. That's exactly what Justin Watson's role should be. He should not be getting 11 targets and he got 11 targets tonight. That's not a good spot to be in. If you're the chiefs. Well, and to
1: the chiefs credit, I don't think this receiving room was plan A or plan B. Like if we think back to the off season, there was a lot of wide receivers that they were rumored to be interested in that they tried to go for. They And there was rumored that they were trying to trade up at the draft and that they couldn't get moved up. And so I don't necessarily think that Rashi Rice may have even been their first or second pick at wide receiver in the draft. You know, there's a lot of buzz around them and say, Flowers, if you remember Leading up to the draft. And if the Chiefs have Zay Flowers on this team, we're talking about an entirely different looking offense. And then also let's not forget that their that their free agent, whole free agent plans, were held hostage by the Chris Jones situation the entire offseason. They couldn't go out and try to sign a top dollar wide receiver because they didn't know what was going to happen with Chris Jones and they and they couldn't they didn't have any way to restructure any sort of money to free it up to go out and get a guy. And so, and so with that, I don't think that that was the plan. That this isn't the plan that they were going with, and they try to sell us that Kadarius Tony was the first was was an, was the wide receiver one after the fact, so that we wouldn't panic. But I think they, I mean, honestly, this is Plan C if we're being honest as far as the wide receiver room goes, and it isn't good enough. And I think I think they honestly know that if they're being honest, they're not going to tell us that. But they know they know the talent level they have in that room right now.
0: Yeah. And the best thing we can hope for this season is that they find a way to improve. Uh, That's where you're at. Uh, Barring uh, a talented veteran getting released or something and the chiefs being able to go sign him, there's no other options coming through the door this late in the season. So uh, they still got a lot of work to do offensively. I hope they do find a way to get things figured out because that defense can take you where you want to go. And it is more than proven that uh, at this point in the season, but Again, the Kansas City Chiefs fall 21-17 to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are now seven and three on the season. Uh, quick turnaround as they take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. It is Thanksgiving, so I want to remind you guys here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We'll still have daily shows for you. Uh everything's gonna be coming in a little bit earlier this week. Uh We'll still have an Arrowhead Pride report for you tomorrow and Wednesday before we go quiet on those just to enjoy Thanksgiving and watch some football and try to forget this tough loss for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Please follow Rocky Magana on Twitter at Rocky Magana. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. Paul Kramer at Kramer Talks. Uh, You know, it's a frustrating loss. We'll put it behind us. Uh, Hopefully they get another opportunity to see the Eagles Later this year and another Super Bowl, but the Chiefs still got a lot of things to improve before they get to that point in the season. We will talk to you guys later on this week on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs fall on Monday Night Football to the Philadelphia Eagles, 21-17 to in a rough and heartbreaking loss after the game. We heard from Head Coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and defensive lineman Chris Jones. We'll go in that order, starting with Head Coach Andy Reid.
2: Okay. Um, uh, injuries, uh, really not a whole lot to mention. McCole's um, thumb... Uh, he hurt in the first half. I thought Kadarius did a nice job stepping in for him uh, in the punt, punt game. I thought the crowd was great, you know, uh, tonight. And uh, uh, we've, we've just got to do a better job. Um, I thought our defense played tremendous football, aggressive. You know, had all those sacks in the first half. Chris Jones had a nice game. Second half, uh, first half, the offense played well. And then the second half, we didn't play well. So... I'll, um we'll get that straight and um too many penalties are they're, they're they're hurting us and, and our drives um turnovers in the red zone and and then um you know drops so we've got to we've just got to take care of take care of business here i've got guys that i know uh you know they they're obviously playing their hearts out the best they possibly can and they they'll they'll keep working at it and, and We'll get these two halves uh equaled here as as we go forward. Um, but again, we we had no points, which is obvious to you, but no points in the second half. We gotta take care of that. All right, well that time's your the third straight game you haven't scored in the second half. What is it about the second half? That's really your yeah, you know, I, don't know, I think we're kinda of shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I've gotta do a better job helping out with that and then you know, my guys have gotta do the same thing, so We've all got to uh, pick it up a notch there in the second half. We're, we're just not as sharp there. Um, you know, we'll work on that. And did you sense that any particular element, whether it's the downfield passing in this time, did it snowballs once guys are aware of it that it's going to faint? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I think you know, penalties are drive stoppers. Guys that I've seen catch before didn't have, you know, didn't necessarily make, make the catch. I mean, these are good players. We are okay. We just got to get that straight. You're playing a good football team. I mean, they've done a heck of a job there with that football team. And so, um, you know, we, we, you play a good team. You can't, you can't lose a turnover battle. I mean, they're, they're undefeated when they, when they win the turnover battle. So, um, and then you add the penalties to it, a couple of drops to it. So, Got to take care of that. And you had a, a, the, the number of drops that you referred to, but also it seemed like the number of plays where Patrick and the receiver just weren't quite on the same page. Are you surprised this late in the season after a bye? that just. Yeah, I, I think they were on the same page. I just, we were maybe off a tick, but well, uh you know, they're on the set. They know what they know the route they're running and how to run it, and Pat knows where to go with it. We just, we got to do a better job of connecting on it. Hey, did you, what did you sense that Philly was doing to take Travis out I didn't, I didn't feel the frustration other than not with him not getting the ball because, you know, he he was all in there with that. Um, uh, you know, he had a couple catches uh, there down the stretch, so, um, or, you know, in the second half. But he's got to do a little better job there. Andy, how concerned are you that this is going to be a trend going forward halfway through the season? Seen some yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I by all that. I mean, I've, I've seen teams – change things around quick in this, in this league. So, um, we just, we got to take care of business there and, um, get, get it done. So I'm, I'm not standing here having to talk to you guys, about this, you know, I, I want to, I want it to, you know, I want to get it right. And so I'm a part of that too. Coach, in Germany, I asked you about, you're talking about it now. Is there something that you're seeing on film that they may continue to, to do that, that they haven't worked out just yet? Um. Yeah. So penalties. Normally, you could take care of those things on certain certain penalties, um, and we've just got to do that. We've got to make sure that we're taking care of the the penalties that are our problem, and not you know and you don't put it in the hands of the officials there. You don't want to do that. So, um, but we just got to take care of business here. Don't you know the the nature of talking about penalties, but the false start. Of- I didn't get it. No, I didn't. I I mean they said I don't, I don't know that he dipped his rear end. Um, I mean he does he does that a lot, so I, that's not the first time. I mean sinners do that, so they look around, but I'll look at it. <clears throat> I I'm, I got that and a different answer from someone else. So anyways. That's what it's Yeah, well, we we did tonight, yeah. Yeah, so um, it, it's mainly the health part. I mean, he, he was uh, he had a great week of practice. I've been cautious with him with his knee. Um, we upped his load this this week, and he handled it. Yeah, did a good job.
0: Coach, Coach, Coach what I you saw on the, the turnovers. It looked like Traps had the ball put away. It was a good punch. What did you see on the interceptions they
2: had? Yeah, they've... They did a good job with them, you know. They, they made it, made the play, so um, the anyway, yeah, they made the play. I mean, I, I can put the guys in better spots there too. So, but uh, the bottom line was they made they made the play. So, a couple
3: of that also a good
1: start the first half. Uh, what was it that the second half?
2: Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Um, you know, we probably didn't. Sustain our our control of their defensive line that second half. You know we didn't have as good a good a run production, so it wasn't really anything that they did necessarily, other than us just executing a little bit better. Then, right. I'm sorry, Duffy with the two sacks, and he to be playing with a lot of fire tonight. And, and he and Sneed both combined yeah. They gave to I thought, a yeah, I thought they did a heck of a job. Those are two of the best receivers around, so I thought they did a heck of a job. Right.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, I mean, simple is we just gotta be better in the second half i mean all season long we haven't played great football in the second half so um we have to continue to work um obviously we had a pretty good first half running the football um but uh we gotta find a way to finish games offensively is
1: there something
4: consistent with the second half? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, today it was uh, penalties and just miscues. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got to find ways to score at the end of the day. Defense is playing playing great football. Has been all year. Uh, offense, we got to find ways to finish football games. You
1: talked about, about running the football.
3: Isaiah Pacheco got out to
4: a quick start uh, with change, Um they, they came up and they, they forced us to, to throw the football, and uh, we didn't answer the bell. Uh, I didn't make good enough passes in certain situations. And... Um, we, we have to prove that we can do both. It can't, can't be just running, can't be just passing. We have to prove that we can do both, and uh, that's something we have to continue to work on as the, the season continues. What
2: was the message to MBS and receivers afterward, just trying to keep their
4: heads up? Yeah, I mean, it, they know I'm going to keep firing it. That, that's just who I am. I'm going to fire it uh, to the guy who's open. Um and uh, they're usually they make the, they're going to make the plays. I mean it's, it happens. I mean I threw an interception in the red zone on a, if I just fly and Jay White off. Um so uh, it wasn't that wasn't that didn't just lose the game. I mean there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the game and so uh, you just kind of keep firing.
2: Patrick, are you finding at all that you the receivers are just not quite as much on the same page as you would hope by this time of year? Because there, there seems to be a few plays every game where you just go in different directions.
4: Yeah, I mean I don't think it's uh. Just me and the receiver. I think offensively, we're just not where I would want to be at this point in the season, um, and that and that's everybody. Um, uh, starts with me. Uh, I got to get to make better throws at certain times. Um, we got to continue to move the ball down the field and just be more consistent, uh, thoroughly throughout the game. You
2: talked about Lawson, he, You targeted him 11 times. I think he. Five what was it that they weren't doing? I guess that, that allowed him to be so
4: much over the for them. Seems like UBS could. Yeah, I mean they just they just uh they were doing a good job of trying to do whatever they could to take Travis away and the run game away and so other guys have to step up and make plays and today that was that was Watts that was Jay Watt and so he made a lot of good plays in the game and uh we'll continue that as we uh continue throughout the season.
3: Hey Patrick on that last throw to Marquez um found this scanly, um how much regret do you have with the fact that it didn't work out? You had to play, you
4: had to- yeah, I mean I have no regret. I mean they triple teamed Travis, so I went to the guy that was that one downfield and Marquez won. Um, he just didn't didn't come away with the ball. I mean I could probably throw a little bit shorter, he was that open. So uh yeah, you just gotta continue to, to to try to get better and better. Um defense is keeping us in games and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're gonna win a lot of these games. In well, the third quarter, you had a couple of throws down the
2: field, one to MDS, one to Watson that you guys seemed like maybe a little bit off kilter. What did you see on those two plays even?
4: Yeah, they brought a cover zero on the one to MVS, and um, he won, but it was kind of running towards the sideline, so I tried to put some air on it to let him turn around and catch it. Obviously, with the slick field, didn't work out. Um, and then the one to Watson, um, if I, I think if I stretch my drop a little bit um, and put some air on the football, we can get it. I mean, he, he beat a great corner. Um, but those are the little things in the, in the second half that you have to be better at, um, and you can't miss those shots. What
0: gives you a-
4: Yeah, I mean I just I know how hard the guys work at the end of the day. Um, and I, I you see it. I mean, the first half you could see the guys moving down the field. You could see we've had spurts where we've played good football offensively. Um, but all you all you can do is go go to work and try to get better and better. Um, and I, obviously I'm disappointed we lost today. I like all lot of the guys in the locker, everybody in the locker room, and so um, guys will come back to work and know we're gonna play a tough Raiders team this next week um, on a short week and we have to find a way to win against a, a division opponent. Um, yeah, I mean, you, we just usually play the game, whatever the game dictates. Um, if, if they're taking away the running game, we pass it, and if they're if they're letting us run the football, we run it. Um, that's just how we've worked throughout my career, and um, we haven't done it consistent enough offensively to be the offense that we want to be. Um, but like I said, all we can do is work at it and try to get better and better, and uh, try to play our best football going into the playoffs. concern? Oh,
2: do so you have any that second half performances will continue
4: Um, I, I mean. I I don't have any concern because I'm going to do whatever I can to to play the best football I can. I know the other guys are going to do the same, and um, if you have concern, um, then you don't win football games. And so I believe in the guys that we have in the locker room, um, and we'll come to the to work with that mentality if we're going to find a way to fix it.
1: Patrick, so much is made about this game being, you know, Super Bowl rematch, but in the grand scheme of things, how
4: tough was it? I mean, that's a great football team. Um, So. uh, we we played I thought a, a great game obviously offensively in the second half we didn't play well but the defense did a great job against a great team and we were putting them in a lot of bad situations and so um, there's positives you can find uh, I'll watch film and find them uh, tomorrow um, but at, at the same time um, we went up against the, one, one of the best if not the best NFC, NFC team and um, we were this close and I mean in that in the NFL if you don't make those plays in those big moments um, in the red zone and in those two minute drills um, then you lose and we didn't we, that's what we did today. All
3: right. thank you. Um, I think it's more so self-reflecting. Um, we can improve in a lot of areas. Um, look at the red zone the defense. We talked about it all week. Go Eagle formation, empty. Knew it was a quarterback draw. We got upfield, gave up the touchdown. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of things we can improve on, a lot of good football we left out there, and um, self-reflecting overall as a group. I think um, <clears throat> this is a growing moment for us as a team overall. Um, give us a lot to look at. Give us a lot to look at to improve and get better on. The, the
2: offense hasn't scored in the second half three straight games. Do you sense them getting frustrated on the sideline during the week, anything like that, or, or what do you see from that
3: group? I'm quite sure they're going to pick it up, man. we got a lot of young guys. we got a lot of young guys. And like I said, a lot of stuff reflecting right now, man, um, you know, being accountable. You know, and um, that goes around. You know, but um, well, we got trust in those guys. We got a lot of playmakers on this team, especially offensively wise. So, I think we'll continue to improve throughout the year. Um, improve this week, uh, mental errors, whatever it may be. I think we'll um, that'll be the point of emphasis this week, and uh, we'll try to get it going next week. In the second half, the offense had the ball four times.
2: How hard is
3: it defensively to stay up, stay positive when you're getting the ball back to the offense and the lead is the really same? We, we got a lot of hope in Pat Mahomes and Andrew Reed in this offense. Um, they have scored a lot of points, and we never once doubt them. Uh, we always have their back. We always trust we get them the ball back that they have opportunity to score, and I don't think that's going to change after one game.
2: It seemed like when... Pat got picked off in the end zone. He took that personal he Had two sacks on the next drive to get the ball right back and uh, give the offense a chance to get the lead one. Can you just talk about why you guys were successful with the pass rush and how good it felt to get a sack again after a couple games without one?
3: I think overall we've been really good throughout the year as a pass rush as a, as a unit. Um... I think we got a lot of good guys taking rush to pass. So we got Josh Galautis, Mike Dana, both got, what, six and a half sacks. So you look at the, the overall group and the success we've had as rushing to passer, I think that's not, that's not what we look forward to, I mean, what are we looking at. But if you put us in passing situations, I think we excel in that. I think we're more so stopping the run. I think they had over 120 on us today, so that's a point of emphasis towards this. week. We as much as we excel in pass rushing, we've got to stop the run. Um, improvement, accountability, um, can't drag it on. You know, we got a big division game coming up. Oakland Raiders on a team that's been, um, been on the road since they've got the new coach. So, you know, can't hang our head on this, but we definitely can improve. we got a lot of improvement to do. Chris has the leader of the defense. So what you see in your corners, man? LJ and Trent. Listen, LJ's been holding his own all year, him and Trent, um, uh, I think, yeah, I think uh, on the big one, we rush five. We got to get there as a defense. Uh, we know those guys are one-on-one, right. giving them more than four or five seconds to pat the ball. I, I think we put putting the corners at arm. So definitely take it up on the D-line that we got to be better at that, especially when Spags is giving us all one-on-ones. But our corners have been doing a heck of a job all year of holding their own. How about the job he did on A.J. Brown. I mean, he's been doing a game in, game out. You look at the job he's done on... Um, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Uh, I mean, sneeze has been answering the call all year. Uh, we put him on the best receiver year. I mean, week in and week out, and he's been holding his own. You mentioned accountability a couple times, Chris, as one of the team leaders. How do you make sure that happens, that some of these young players are accountable and everyone's on the same page moving forward? I think it is to be voiced in the point of emphasis of the week, you know, during the team meeting, uh, you know, you kind of want to establish that. Uh, what's the point of emphasis of this week? And I think accountability would be one of them.
4: In the first half, you have the five seconds. Hold them to second Is there anything
3: in the second half you could really put your finger on that you, you felt like you The quarterback draw. Quarterback draw. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Chris.